And I bought a book and the guy that was selling me the book said, now, why would you buy this book? It was a book by Norval Hayes. Anybody ever heard of Norval Hayes? One person heard of Norval Hayes. Well, two people, praise God. He said, why would you buy this book? And the name of the book is How Jesus Taught Me to Cast Out Devils. Well, I thought if Jesus taught him how to cast out devils, I might need to learn how to cast out some devils. Amen. Because, you know, I've been dealing with the devil before. You know, my flesh alone is enough problems. I don't have to blame it on the devil. You know, you remember what Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it. I mean, I mean, you know, so um, anyway, I thought maybe I need to learn how to cast out the devil. And so I went to tell this person that I was a preacher because I'm in Bible school now. I already had an impression on my Bible called Reverend. And I've only been in Bible school four months at that time. And he said, well, if you're a preacher, then I want you to come back on Wednesday night. And it was somewhere downtown, El Dorado. There was a church. And he said, we want you to preach. And that was in 78. That was one of the first times that I preached the word of God in a church was in El Dorado. But I've been back several other times at another church uh, with a man named Buzzy. I don't know if anybody ever heard of a man named Buzzy before. Praise God. But anyway, uh, praise God. Uh, I appreciate this church and appreciate Pastor Cricket. Y'all call him Pastor Cricket? Okay, well, I appreciate Pastor Cricket. Amen. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Now, does anybody know how old Pastor Cricket is? What? He's 40? 44? So, uh, what year would he be born if he's 44? 73? 75? 74? Okay, 74, 75. Well, I'm trying to figure out when I saw him when he was a child because in 1981, I was a pastor in Camden, Arkansas for 12 years. And so I knew him, you know, when he was a, a young man, a young boy. But I have known the Abel family, the Abel's family for years, uh, his father, his mother. In fact, the Abel's family... And my family, they go back to Hogskin County. You don't know where Hogskin County is, do you? Okay. Anybody know where Hogskin County is? So anyway, that's where we go back to. And so that's where I first started pastoring was in Hampton. Then I ended up in Camden and I met a man named Jerry Dale and Elaine. Y'all don't know them, do you? <laughs> And I mean, they just invited me and that's when they were in East Camden. And I was in downtown on Adams Street at that time in Camden. And it, God did a work in us and he put us together. And I've been blessed by knowing the Abel's family. And I know you've been blessed by this Amen. tremendous pastors that God has given you to speak the word right here. And in fact, I, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying... We're about to hit the 10-year mark. Now, that's not prophetic. I, I, already, I heard y'all say that a while ago. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, we're about to move into a new level. And that's by the Spirit of God now. This church is about to move into a new level. The pastors are going to move up into a new anointing. There's going to be a new draw of the spirit in that's going to have an influence in the city and the community. There's going to be an outbreak that's going to take place here in this church of signs, wonders, and miracles and demonstrations of the Spirit. So I hear the Spirit of the Lord saying these words that the best day for Victory Church in El Dorado is yet to come, praise God. Can you say amen? So be prepared and be ready to move in. Because I will draw all kinds in, says the Spirit of God. Amen. I'll draw all kinds in.
Don't judge a man by his outer appearance. Don't judge a man by what he wears or what she wears or what they do not wear. Do not judge them whether they have tattoos or, or piercings. Begin to open up your heart in your life and receive people. Because there's a harvest to be won right here, says the Spirit of the Lord. Can you say amen? Praise God. Amen. I'm glad I got that out of the way. Hallelujah. Glory. Man, what a joy it is. Let me give you a little commercial. First of all, good to have my wife here. This is my wife, Kimberly, right here. Uh, We've been married for 39 years. Amen. Since 1980, 39 years. And so uh, she's put up with a lot. (laughs) And it's a good time to say amen. And it's good to have my school teacher here, uh, Dr. Ralph and Shirley Black here from over at Magnolia, Waldo area. And so he was our our school teacher back in the 70s. Back in the 70s, we had afros. (laughs) And we had bell bottoms. And we had silk shirts. And I had a Malibu. A Chevelle Malibu that Ralph was the shop teacher. And I had it jacked up with 50s on the back. You don't know what 50s are. Today we we knock them down. We take them to the bottom. We lower them. But back in that day, we had air shocks. And I had cherry bombs. And I had mag wheels on this thing. And I remember one time uh, we were at the shop. And uh, we were out about uh, out in the back part of it over there with another guy and we were having a stereo contest whose stereo could be the loudest now we had eight tracks any eight track people here okay man i missed the 70s as you can tell i missed the 70s i missed that music get down tonight, get down tonight. hey do a little dance Okay, that's all we're going to say about that. But uh, me and another guy, we were going to see whose, you know, speakers were the loudest. And he put his up loud as he could. I put mine up three quarters of the way. And a guy was standing out. He was pointing at that guy's car. And man, then I put mine all the way to the max. And it just blew him out of the way. And about that time... Ralph Black walked around the corner. He was waving his hands at us. What are y'all doing out there? (laughs) But it's good to have school teachers that are full of the word. Amen. Praise God. Full of the word. Amen. So I appreciate Ralph. He's not only a, a, a partner. He's him and Shirley are friends of ours. Any anytime I'm preaching in this area, they're showing up to hear the word, and I appreciate their support. Uh, but let me give you a quick commercial right here. We have products out here that we believe that will be a blessing to you. Ammunition that will help your life. People still read books. Amen. Uh, and so here's a book that uh, that we wrote uh, several years ago because we know people need therapy. Therapy. And that's what you're doing today. You're, you've gone to therapy. Amen. And this is this book right here is called Word Therapy, Discovering the Creative Power of Your Words. Words have created everything that you see and words have created your world. And if you'll begin to speak the words of God, it will release the power of healing in your life to bring you out of sickness and disease, amen, and to bring you peace that passes all understanding. Come up here, brother. Praise God. I want you to give that book right down there to that lady right there. Praise God. And so, uh, and, and so here's another book that will help you. It's called Living Beyond Yesterday. Has anybody ever had any um, catastrophe in life, an event? That happened to you and you fell victim to something and you had challenges with this thing that the B word bitterness and unforgiveness. Has anybody ever had to deal with bitterness and unforgiveness? This book right here will help you because it's called living beyond yesterday about bitterness and unforgiveness praise God amen praise God now here's my newest book it's called 
be great, be powerful, be a dreamer. Discover what God can do and how God can change your life through the power of a dream, a personal dream. See, I believe people need a dream. When I uh, passed through Sarepta, I pulled over to get a biscuit and an egg, egg biscuit. And so brand new store. And I asked the man, he was dressed up. I said, is this your store? He said, oh, no, this is not my store. It's that lady's store over there. I'll never have a store like this. He said, the only thing I want in life is enough money to buy cigarettes and beer. I said, what a man. You know, that's what I was thinking. What a man. I'm sure that, um, you know, that's attractive to women when, when he says that. All I want in life is enough money to buy beer and cigarettes. I'll never have anything like this. Well, guess what? God wants you to have a dream. You're as powerful as the dream that lives on the inside of you. Praise God. Amen. So that book right there will help you. We also have it out there on CD. Now, I said that was my latest book. That came out in January. This one came out in February. So this is actually my latest book on discovering the power of the blessing. The power of the blessing that removes all curses off of your life. Discover the secret. When you discover the secret, praise God, come on up here, brother. When you discover the secret that removes the curse and you release the blessing, it doesn't matter what mama said. It doesn't matter what daddy said to you. It doesn't matter what the doctor said. It doesn't matter what the psychologist said. When you release the blessing, it removes the curse and that blessing begins to work in your future to bring you out and to bring you up. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. How many is ready for the word today? Praise God. Go ahead and stand to your feet if you would. We're going to look into the word of God. Go with me in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. When you find 1 Corinthians chapter 2, go ahead and say amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now today, I want to talk to you about the power and the influence that the anointing has on your life. The power and the influence of the anointing. How the anointing works, how you can learn to walk in the anointing, flow in the anointing, be free from the power of destructive habits by the anointing, and how you can minister to others by the anointing. Now let's take a word right here, let's take a look at the word here, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, and I, brethren, he said, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, but I came declaring unto you the testimony of God. He said, for I'm not determined to know anything among you, but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words. He said, I wasn't sharing my resume. Amen. I wasn't up here talking about my resume. He said, my speech and my preaching is in demonstration of the spirit and of power. Everybody say demonstration of the spirit and power. That just sounds good, don't it? Let's just say demonstration of the Spirit. Demonstration of the Spirit. And power. 
am power. Everybody say, this is the day for demonstration of the Spirit and power. So we're not talking about a human strength. Amen. We're not talking about a man's power. We're talking about a power from on high. Notice verse 5, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That you'd have faith in the power of God. That you'd have faith in the demonstration and the power of God. That you would release your faith, that your faith would be in what the Spirit can do. Now, Father, we come boldly today to the throne of grace like your word says. And Lord, we believe today that you would anoint these lips. Lord, that I would speak not as a mere man, as a natural man, but as a supernatural person anointed by the Spirit of God. That you would speak through me, that you would speak as though you yourself was here. That the words that are released here today upon your people will be life-changing words. That their life will never be the same. That people that are bound by any type of demonic influence, we give that spirit and that power notice today that it's broken off of the people of God in Jesus' name. We thank you for the release of this anointing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That this anointing is being released right now upon this congregation. Making changes here in this church. Causing an enlargement. Causing faith to rise up to a new level in Jesus' name. Every challenge and every assignment that has come against this ministry, we break its power by the Spirit of God in Jesus' name and we command its power to be broken off this ministry in the name of Jesus. Every assignment against the pastors, we break that power in the name of Jesus. We believe that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. In Jesus' name, we, we speak release every assignment against members of this church that caused them to leave, caused them to be disgruntled, caused them to get in division. We understand that's not them, that's the enemy working behind the scene. We break your power in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that they come to themselves and they begin to understand and they return back to the church of God in Jesus' name and back to the people of God. And Lord, we thank you today for your blessing being released on this congregation in Jesus' name. We pray and all God's people said amen. amen. Give somebody a high five and let them know that you're glad to see them and you can be seated in Jesus' name. Now go with me again over here to Isaiah chapter 10. Isaiah chapter 10. As we were saying, we want to speak to you about the power of the anointing. What Paul mentioned in Corinthians was the demonstration of the anointing because the Spirit is the one that anoints. The Holy Spirit is the speaker of the house today. And whenever you make room for the Holy Spirit, He'll show up. The Holy Spirit is very important in the last days for you to fulfill your assignment. And let me say it to you this way. It's very difficult for you to fulfill your assignment without the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, many people will never discover their purpose in life. Why they're on this planet 
why they were born without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit abides within you. He lives on the inside of you. You can't ignore him and expect to receive his blessing. When you recognize him in your life, he will begin to impart wisdom, business sense unto you. He will give you ideas. He will help you invent an app that everybody needs to download for a dollar ninety-nine. That a million people need to download for a dollar ninety-nine. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. The Holy Spirit will help you in business. He will help you in life. He will help you with anything natural that pertains unto you. But the Holy Spirit also brings demonstration of the supernatural power of God within the life of the believer. Now, it's prophesied about the anointing and it's prophesied about Jesus Christ in Isaiah chapter 10. Look at verse 27, Isaiah 10, 27. Here we find Isaiah prophesying and he said, it shall come to pass in that day. Everybody say that day. That his burden shall be taken away from off of thy shoulder and his yoke from off of thy neck. And thy yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. He's, He's prophesying right here about Jesus Christ. What the ministry of Jesus would do. How the anointing would operate through Jesus. Now let's pick it up in Luke 4. In Luke chapter 4, we find Jesus preaching his first sermon. And by the way, tonight at 5 o'clock, you don't want to miss tonight at 5 o'clock. Because we're going to have an impartation service tonight. You say, what's an impartation service? Well, the Bible says in Romans 1.11, I long to see you that I may impart spiritual gifts unto you. And Paul makes mention to Timothy over there. He said, stir up the gift of God that is in thee by the putting on of my hands. And so come tonight and we'll have, you know, we will have the Holy Ghost tunnel tonight. Praise God. You don't know what the Holy Ghost tunnel is, but come on back tonight and we're going to minister and impart the power of the spirit unto you tonight. But notice here, Jesus preaching his first sermon, very first sermon that he ever preached. He's coming out of the wilderness now being tempted of the devil. Notice verse 14. It said, and Jesus returned in the power of the spirit into Galilee. Notice that term, returned in the power of the spirit. See, the word power and the word anointing is synonymous. So we could say that he returned in the anointing of the Spirit into Galilee. He, and the Bible said, and there went out a fame of him throughout all the regions round about, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified of all. Brother Hagin said it this way. He did not teach natural. He did not teach naturally. He taught by the Spirit of God. He taught by the anointing of God. He taught by the power of God. He was teaching by the Spirit of God. He was not teaching like a natural person teaches. They've never seen anybody teach like he taught. Because he was teaching under the influence of the anointing and under the influence of the power. Now, life stinks in the natural. If you try to do life in the natural, you're going to be disappointed that you were ever born. In fact, the devil will take life... 
and use it to his advantage against you to keep you defeated because he will make you a victim of an event that has happened in your life instead of you being victorious. But the anointing, praise God, once you get under the influence, how many have ever been under the influence of anything before? Once you get under the influence of the anointing, you get under the influence of the, the power of the Spirit. Everybody say the power of the Spirit. Everybody say the power of the Spirit is upon me. Praise God. Once you get under the influence of the power of the Spirit, it begins to reverse the curse and it begins to break off every limitation that's upon your life. The anointing does it. Everybody say the anointing does it. That's what Zechariah said in Zechariah 4. He said, it's not by might. It's not by my power, but it's by thy spirit, saith the Lord. Praise God. And so when Jesus went into the synagogue, he didn't go in as a natural man. Life stinks in the natural. But once you understand the power of the spirit that lives on the inside of you, it causes you to overcome what naturally people would never overcome. This anointing does. And the Bible said, and he came to Nazareth, verse 16, where he was brought up. And it was his custom that he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, or we know it as Isaiah 61. And when he had opened the book, notice this, he found the place where it was written. You say he found the place where it was written. Get on with your point. He just overcame the devil a while ago with the written word in the wilderness. He quoted, it is written, get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Amen. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Once you discover what is written, and it's written to you, it'll work in you just like it worked in Jesus. And theologians say it this way, he not only found the place where it was written, but he found himself in the word of God. He found where it was written about him. I don't care what has happened to you in the past. I don't care what happened to you when you were in child. I know it's real. But I got good news for you. What is written in the word about you will live and cause you to be victorious in this life. Come on, somebody. And then Jesus began to quote, and all of a sudden, notice if you got the King Jimmy translation, the, you know, the 1616 translation, you know, if you got this translation, notice it turned red all of a sudden. When he, when it wasn't red in Isaiah, but it became red. He said, the spirit of the Lord. What is that spirit of the Lord? The anointing, the power. He came out in the power, praise God. I don't care what you've been through, you're coming out in the power, praise God. Amen? You say, I, I, I've been battling cancer, you're about to come out in the power. I've been battling sugar diabetes, I'm coming out in the power, praise God. I've been battling depression, you're coming out in the power. Everybody say, I'm coming out in the power. Hallelujah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me, notice right here, to preach the gospel to the poor. Now, he uses this term to preach three times in this right here. Now, this preach right here is not the word to give a sermon. This is not three points and a poem. You see what I'm saying? This preach right here is to change the atmosphere, to change 
the surroundings to make an announcement, a proclamation that will change the future forever to announce a new season. Amen. He said, I'm anointed to preach. Amen. To declare something. And he said, I'm going to declare it first of all because he's given his mission statement right here to the poor. Now I was meditating on this right here about the poor and the spirit of the Lord said, he is not talking alone about people that do not have money. Because, you know, when John the Baptist was in prison, he sent somebody to John the Baptist and said, tell John that the gospel has been preached unto the poor, that blind eyes have been opened, the dead have been raised, all these things have manifested. To be poor really was to be outside of a covenant. Because the Jewish people had a covenant. Jesus did not only go to the Jewish people, he went to the people outside of the covenant and he preached the gospel unto them and the gospel began to work for them quicker than it worked for the Jewish people. So you could say the poor people are the people that do not know they have a covenant. A covenant of blessing. A covenant of wealth. A covenant of empowerment. He said, I'm anointed to break off the power of poverty off people's life. My words, the words of Jesus, he said, when I'm preaching, it destroys the yoke off of their shoulders. It breaks the power off of them. He said, so I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. But the Spirit of the Lord said, now go on, go on, go on. He said that same anointing that allows you to preach the gospel will lead you right in to healing the sick. Now this is before Jesus even died for us on the cross. We know that by his stripes we were healed and are healed and were healed and is healed. Amen. And if, and if we is healed, I am healed. Amen. Now this is before he died and paid the price for healing. And healing under the old covenant was conditional. Based on your obedience. You'll find many times it's based on their obedience. If thou diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God. We find that a lot in the old covenant. But over here Jesus is preaching the gospel to people. That do not understand the Jewish law. And they're receiving their healing and their manifestation. Basically because they got faith in his words. Not only was he anointed to preach the gospel to the poor, notice right here, you're going to find yourself in here. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand if you're broke today. But I am going to say something about being broke. It's not God's will for you to be broke. How many are still with me? The power of this gospel has signs and wonders and confirmations that will work. And one of these confirmations is not only you getting healed, but you getting blessed. This power right here will make you a homeowner. This power of this gospel right here will make you a business owner. This power will bring you out of the projects. This power right here, praise God, has the anointing that will take you from the bottom to the top. You'll go from the bottom to the top in a field that you don't even have an education in because once this anointing gets on you, it begins to work in your future, praise God. How many still receiving this so far? Now this is Jesus speaking. He said, I'm anointed to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This has to do with your emotions. Has anybody here ever had their emotions damaged by life? Somebody has 
stomped on your emotions. You're an emotional wreck. There is an anointing to heal your emotions today. He said to preach deliverance to the captive. Now we're talking about people that are in any kind of bondage, depressed by life. He said recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. And this term to set at liberty is actually an inscription that they found in Leviticus that's actually on the Philadelphia Bell in America to set at liberty them that are bruised, praise God. Let that sound go forth when we hear this bell ring. That it is a sound of liberty, not a sound of bondage for this country right here. That we would not be under anybody else's uh, government. That we will be a, a free people. How many people believe in being a free people, praise God? This anointing makes us a free people, praise God. And then he says in verse 19, here's that third to preach. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Now this acceptable year of the Lord is the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee. What does Jubilee mean? All debts are canceled. All, all responsibilities to bondages, you're freed. If you were enslaved by something, you were set free. Even if you were in prison or in jail, because you have done wrong, the 50th year, the Jubilee, was the canceling of what you have done wrong. And if you had been in, in an, a debt, it meant your mortgage was paid off. They placed this 50th Jubilee into the system. That way it wouldn't bankrupt people and it wouldn't bankrupt the country. There was a clause in there, every 50th year, the, the land would go back to the original owners, debts would be canceled, every person would be free again from all indebtedness. If you were two years old when that jubilee happened, by the time you're 52, you would experience your own personal jubilee. Wouldn't it be good if the president got up and said all your debts and everybody's debts today are canceled? Wouldn't it be good if the government said, hey, we're canceling all of our debts? How would you act? I bet we would have church next Sunday. <laughs> You're talking about an offering now. Amen. I mean, people would be given in that offering next Sunday once Jubilee hit. Amen. If you were seven years of age, Jubilee wouldn't mean much to you. Because all you got is a bicycle at seven. Jesus announced Jubilee not based on the Jewish calendar. It was not... Based on the Jewish calendar, he announced it that day. The anointing is bringing a jubilee. I'm engaging a season of jubilee right now, not according to Jewish customs, not according to the certain date on a calendar. I'm announcing jubilee on you right now. Praise God. Everybody say jubilee. jubilee. Everybody say it belongs to me. Well, the Bible said that he closed the book and gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. Because when Jesus sat down, he didn't sit down in an ordinary chair. In the Jewish synagogue, which, you know, there's no Jewish people here this morning. They have a special chair that is reserved for the Messiah. They say one day the Messiah will come. 
One day the Messiah will come. One day he will come. And when he comes, he's going to come through those doors and he's going to sit down. We have a special reserved seat for the Messiah. When Jesus sat down that day, he sat down in a chair that had never been set in before. All the eyes of everybody was fastened upon him. Like who? Does he think he is? Because they tried to humanize him, naturalize him. Is this not Joseph's son? He sat down and he wasn't finished. And he began to say unto them from that chair. He said, just what we read over there in Isaiah 10, 27, where it talked about this day. In that day. He said, this day. Everybody say this day. Right now, praise God. I mean, I mean, Jubilee's about to hit this place. The spirit of Jubilee's about to hit you this morning, praise God. You're about to walk in your Jubilee. When you leave here today, you're going to be walking in the power of your Jubilee. He said, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. The majority of all other translations says it this way. Today is the fulfillment of this promise in your hearing. In the hearing of it, as you hear it, you receive it. Now, it gets to one principle about the anointing. Write this principle down. Whenever you hear the teaching of the anointing, At that moment, it begins to work in your life if it works in your hearing. There's there's laws of the anointing that you need to be aware of. John Lake said the anointing is like electricity in the spirit realm. Now, you know there's laws to electricity. I don't like fooling around with electricity. I stuck a a butter knife one time when I was a child in one of those sockets and I learned never to do that again. I was on the phone with my granddaughter and she was FaceTiming me. She went off into a bedroom and she had the end of the phone charger you know that little part you plug into your iPhone and she and I could see her and she's in a bedroom and she's trying to she's saying pappy and she and she goes over there to the wall socket and she tries to plug it in and I said don't do that Ella don't do that and she said yes 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 I said don't do that and she had that little part trying to stick it in there the wrong end You know what happens if you get the wrong end in there. And I started screaming. I didn't know what to do. I didn't want my little granddaughter to get shocked. Because there's laws of electricity that causes it to flow once the switch is turned on. Once you understand the laws of the anointing. They will begin to work in your life. One law of the anointing is the moment you hear it, it is working in your life. Praise God. When I hear it, it's working in me right now. Everybody say the anointing's working in me right now. Praise God. That anointing's working in me right now. Praise God. Everybody say the anointing's working in me right now. Now, Brother Hagin said something. When he was laying hands on people. Now understand this because it's important to what we're going to do tonight. He said before hands are laid upon you, you should say something. Before hands are laid upon you, you should say something. And you say, what what do I need to say? He said, say these words when hands are laid upon me. At that moment, I am free from whatever. In my life. When hands are laid upon me, I am free from whatever. The anointing will free you from whatever. Amen. So before hands are laid upon me, I'm going to declare something with my mouth. Because my mouth must come into agreement with this word. 
See, when I'm preaching to you by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is giving me utterance to talk to you, but when I'm preaching to you, the Holy Spirit is talking to you about your life. And before hands are laid upon you, you begin to say, once, once hands are laid upon me, I shall be free from disease, from sickness, from oppression, from, from addictions. Amen. From poverty, from lack, from rejection, from this unforgiveness, from this bitterness that's tried to destroy my life. Because the anointing has the power to break the yoke, praise God. Human power can't do it. Amen. The best thing that humans can do is medicate you, but the anointing will free you, praise God. Are you still with me? Then he said, once hands are laid upon you, when you leave, there's going to be a voice that's going to try to rise up in your mind and say, I didn't get anything. Because there's always the voice of doubt. Because many times people are looking for something immediate. And we believe in immediate miracles. But sometimes everything doesn't work instantly. And he said, so when you leave after hands are laid upon you, say this. When anybody asks you, did you get it? Say, yes. Yes, I got it because the anointing went into me. The anointing's working in me right now. Praise God. All you got to say, yes, I got it. And the anointing's working in me right now. Everybody say, yes, I got it. The anointing is working in me right now. Now, there's another law to the anointing that you need to understand that is transmittable through words. The anointing is transmittable through words. Words are containers of the anointing. You know the story about the centurion where Jesus told the centurion, I'll, I'll go heal your servant. Now, we're outside again of the Jewish people. He's a centurion. He said, I'll come and heal. And so once he got to the man's house, he said, I'm not worthy for you, a rabbi, a Jewish person, to come under my roof. But he said, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. And Jesus marveled. Amen. And Jesus turned to the twelve, the river rats that were following him, and said, I have not found so great faith, no, none, not in Israel. He said, I've been through the holy city. I've been all around the country, of, throughout Jerusalem. I've been in Israel and I haven't found any faith like this faith right here. Amen. That somebody believes my words contain power that will transport healing that I don't have to be present to heal. That my words is equal to my presence, I know what that means. I'm going to wrap it up. I understand. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. That's all right. Praise God. I'm wrapping it up. I'm wrapping it up. Everybody say, wrap it up. <laughs> Praise God. I'm wrapping it up now. Praise God. That your words contain the same power as Jesus himself. Amen. Another thing that you need to understand about the anointing that this the anointing is transmittable through the laying on of hands. Hallelujah. That the anointing flows and it can cure what's ailing you and destroying you and holding you back in life. In fact, I hear the Spirit of the Lord say the anointing will raise you up to a new level. Hallelujah. That the anointing will raise you up out of the natural settings of who you are in your natural human identity. Your natural human identity in your natural 
community has tried to hold you as a prisoner, but the anointing is the breakout. It will come in you and be upon you and cause your identity and your personality to be changed into one, not in fear anymore, but one superior to your surroundings. That when you go home, and you go back into those surroundings, begin to talk to those surroundings and let them know that those surroundings do not control you. That you're not controlled by this outer exterior environment. And then when you see your family, the natural DNA and the defects that runs in your family tree begin to declare that these natural things no longer have dominion over you because of the anointing lifts them off of you and breaks them off of you by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? I hear these words saying that you'll enter into your finest hour because of the anointing. That the anointing will lift you up out of misery, out of oppression. And I'm reminded of the scripture in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost. That anything that Jesus did, he was anointed to do. He had to be anointed to do it. Because he came here as a man, he laid aside his divine powers, and he was a man here on this earth, anointed by the Spirit. And that anointing that's upon him was transferred unto you and I, praise God. And we have that spirit living on the inside of us that will free us from all oppression and we command all oppression to go off of your life right now in Jesus' name, praise God. Everybody say, I command oppression to go. Hallelujah. God did not create you to be an oppressed person. He didn't place you down here on this earth to be oppressed. He placed you down here to be blessed. Are you blessed today? Did you receive something today? Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Did you receive something today?